Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Indisputably, the greatest escape of all time is recorded at the end of the Gospels when Jesus our Lord escaped from that tomb, sealing our ability to escape from the clutches of the devil and sin for all of eternity. The great escape occurred when our Lord rolled away that stone and then appeared to above 500 people after his resurrection and of course the weight of that great escape is explained over in 1 Corinthians 15 if you have your bibles with you you might w- want to be turning there with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 the holy spirit through paul says this about the resurrection he says in verse 9 i am the least of the apostles i'm not even fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Therefore, he says, that's why we're preaching and that's why you're believing. And in verse 12, he says, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how are some of you saying among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Get the weight of this, verse 13, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? The consequence of that, if Christ be not risen, verse 14, then is our preaching vain. The consequence of that, your faith is vain. The consequence of that, yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we've testified of God that he did raise up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if it is true that the dead rise not at all. Now some more consequences. If the dead rise not, then Christ is not raised. He is hammering this into the ground. And if Christ be not raised, then your faith is vain and ye are yet in your sins. The consequence of that, then also those which are fallen asleep or dead in Christ are perished. And the consequence of that, if if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. And then in verse 20, he goes on to to clarify, to declare, to certify by the Holy Spirit that Christ is risen from the dead. Verse 25, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet and the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Eternal death has been destroyed For believers, for those who are obedient because of the resurrection of Jesus, and that is the great escape that we are studying this month. I think it is very powerful, though, and this is the point of today's little podcast. I think it is very powerful to notice that the very family members of Jesus Christ, his brethren, did not believe in him until after the resurrection. Do you, like most of us, have family members who don't believe in Jesus? Well, if so, you're in good company. And I think that the fact that Jesus' brethren did not believe in him can, until after the resurrection can give us a great amount of hope. People can learn more information and later believe. 
According to John, in John 7 verse 5, his brothers did not even believe in him. It says in verse 1, After this, Jesus went about in Galilee, and he wouldn't go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. This is just a few chapters before, of course, the death and resurrection of Lazarus when, of course, the plot to kill Jesus came to fruition and things began to happen very fast. Now the Jews' feast of booths, verse 2, was at hand, so his brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. Verse 5, For not even his brothers believed in him. Why didn't they believe and what made them change? Well, it's hard to answer that first question because we're not given any verbatim reasons that his brothers didn't believe in him in scripture. But we can think about some things. Jesus would have been wiser than his brothers. He would have been smarter than his brothers. After all, he was astounding those rabbis in the temple by the time he was 12 years old we read about in Luke 2 you remember when he was lost and they found him in the temple astounding the Jewish leaders sometimes when we have regular people who are our siblings who are a little bit smarter than we are sometimes that can be a hard act to follow and those of you who have had a first child and then a second child many of you can relate to that personally but imagine having the firstborn to be a perfect, gifted sibling who was teaching leaders in the temple by age 12. Second, I think that Jesus' extraordinary character, his morality, must have made him a little unnerving to be around to his brothers. Maybe they grew self-conscious around him, aware that they were selfish people and he was not as he grew older. Maybe noting that Jesus didn't seem to exhibit any character flaws as he developed in, into a man. For those of us who are sinners, and all of us are, that could be hard to live with. And maybe Jesus was possibly uniquely esteemed by the parents. And we know from oh, lots of Old Testament scenarios, when we think about Isaac loving Jacob the most and Jacob loving Joseph the most and all of the problems that ensued because of that. When we think about those, those scenarios and we think about Joseph and Mary knowing the divinity of Jesus, how could they not have treated him a little bit differently? Well, I don't know, but his siblings might have grown up understanding that they weren't being recognized in the exact same ways that Jesus was. Maybe God gave Joseph and Mary some extra abilities to know better how to wisely deal with that. But anyway, they might have perceived that there's an extra dimension to the relationship between the firstborn and the parents. And you know, when they were sitting around the table talking about family history, it probably was pretty hard to top a star appearing over an anonymous barn where Jesus was born. 
so Jesus just outstripped, ran beyond, of course, because he was divinity. His brothers in in every area, we would assume. So when we think about that, maybe there was more pain than we can think about behind Jesus' statement, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and in his own household, as he said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 57. So as we're thinking about those reasons, we can assume, though, that the great escape of Jesus was the reason for the faith that his brothers later had. We believe that the book of James was written by a brother of Jesus. And we absolutely know from Acts chapter 1, when the disciples were waiting in the upper room, that his brethren were there with him. Because in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it mentions Mary being there. And these weren't spiritual brethren, disciples, that were being talked about in Acts chapter 1. Because they were mentioned separately. But in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14, we read this. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and with Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Well, what made the difference between the unbelieving brethren of John chapter 7 and the believers in Acts chapter 1? I believe it had to be the indisputable proof that was offered by the resurrection from the tomb. The brothers knew about Calvary, even though they weren't necessarily standing there because we see that Mary was being given to the care of John there. They knew about Calvary. They knew beyond a doubt that Jesus was dead. And then they knew beyond a doubt that he rose from that grave. And thus, their unbelief was turned into belief because of the resurrection. And so should our doubtings just be completely given over when we realize that the resurrection did occur. And sisters, if you believe in the resurrection, it's not hard for you to believe the first 11 chapters of Genesis. It's not hard for you to believe that people were raised from the dead in the Old Testament. It's not hard for you to believe that uh, battles were won by the great power of Jehovah, that the, that the, 12 plague, that the 10 plagues rather occurred. In Exodus 7 through 12, to that mighty land of Egypt, to that Pharaoh, that the waters of the Red Sea were parted, and that Israel really did walk across on dry land. It's not hard for you to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. It's not difficult for you to believe the many healings that occurred during the lifetime of Jesus and the multitudes that were fed and the walking on the water. None of those things will fill our heart with doubt and unbelief if we believe that the resurrection did really occur. It is a cornerstone of our faith. So take heart. Don't give up praying for those members of your family who might not believe. Don't take their resistance as the final word. They could still yet believe and they could be used significantly in the kingdom. Was the brother of Jesus, James, was he used significantly? The God who said, let the light shine out of darkness surely was shining in the brothers' hearts to give the knowledge 
of God to other people to glorify God when they thought about their brother Jesus, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. I think about James referring to Jesus not as my physical brother Jesus. He could have said that in the book of James, but in chapter 2, verse 1, he said, Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Just think about what that might have meant for James. That Lord of glory had once probably shared a childhood bed with with James. They had eaten at the same dinner table and played games in the same living room and had the same friends. And they had told tales together as children and made believe. But then Jesus had endured the unbelief we know from John chapter 7 he had endured the unbelief of his brother he had paid the debt of sin for his physical brothers and then by his resurrection he had brought them to faith has he brought you to faith by resurrection by his resurrection i pray that he has and i pray that the study of it is increasing your faith day by day have a good one If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.